Welcome to the GV Talk STEAM Show, where it's all about transforming learning for students with STEAM education. Whether you're a student, a parent, or work in education, you are bound to hear dynamic lessons that heat up the classroom. Join me, your host, Lindsay Simpson, as we hear from our very own Genesee Valley Learning Engineers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Art of Theater Presents Hamilton. Um, I am Mrs. Slauson, and I am joined by um, Mrs. Simpson. And um, this year we offered an elective where we were looking at um, musicals and theater productions and all of the different parts and pieces of it. And um, we're gonna bring a three-part series um, on Hamilton. Um, so today um, we're gonna have a couple of hosts, um, Leela and Sophia. Hi, my name is Leela and I'm gonna get the honor to talk about some of the societal impacts of Hamilton, the musical. Now a little backstory on Hamilton. Hamilton first premiered in Broadway in 2015. The hip hop and rap musical combines both of those styles into a traditional musical theater sense. And this musical has been highly successful on Broadway and even further with Disney Plus adding a pro shot of Hamilton, the Hamil film earlier this year. So looking at Hamilton, it took the theater world by storm with the highest amount of Tony nominations ever. But actually, Hamilton has its own connection to our own community here in Allegheny County. Now, as part of the Genesee Valley District, we have the town and village of Angelica. Angelica was founded in 1805 by Philip Schuyler Church. And now the Schuyler name is important in Hamilton because Elizabeth Schuyler was married to Alexander Hamilton. Her sister's name was Angelica. So in 1805, Philip Church, who was Alexander Hamilton's nephew, named the town of Angelica after his mother, Angelica, therefore making Angelica being named after Alexander Hamilton's sister-in-law. And Angelica is portrayed in the musical, which makes it even better. I mean, that history is amazing. And actually, in the fatal duel between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, they both used pistols. And these pistols were kept in the Belvedere, the Villa Belvedere, or as I call it, the Belvedere Mansion, for many years until they went to the Smithsonian, where they're kept now to this day. So looking at this little history blurb that I just gave you, I mean, what is, ever, for everybody, like, what are your thoughts after watching Hamilton? Like, what do you think about this history of Angelica and how does it impact you as a person? I can say that, um, you know, just growing up, you know, um, 30 minutes south of Angelica, I, I had no idea um, about that history until um, I started to work in, in Belmont. Um, and then even then, I think it was a few years before I connected that I was driving by Schuyler Street every day before I actually made that connection. So I didn't, I didn't realize that. And I, and I grew up just, like I said, 30 minutes away. So um, it's, it was kind of eye-opening when I made that connection. 
Yeah, I am not from this area, uh, but I'm a huge lover of musicals. And I didn't realize that that that's, that was the significance of the street names. So even after I had watched the musical, I didn't make that connection until we were starting to, to chat. And I think it's really neat that a small area like this has such a big significance uh, in, our, in our history. Um, so I've never lived anywhere except for Angelica. And I remember like the first time I played Hamilton, like in the car with my dad, he was like, oh, like he made the connection also. And I think that was cool. And then he showed like this big book of the history of Angelica and it mentioned them a lot. So then like reading that, I got to see like Hamilton and like this amazing Broadway musical and then making like a connection to myself that like Angelica was here once and so was her son and like that history and just like connecting it to myself that like we are in the same place that they were I think was like really cool for like 13 year old Sophia. And I know that you know I use this um, you know I almost immediately started using the songs in class um, uh, with I you know um, I think with Mariah's class, Mariah and Riley, um, I think you were the first classes that I started to use the songs from Hamilton in um, to, to teach history um, when they came out. So did, you know, did you guys have that? Did you get the connection as soon as I started to play those songs in class or um, did you already know about it? Um, how, did it how did it change learning the history once we started to hear the songs? For you. I had no clue, like um, at all. Even after watching, yeah, like, I didn't Middleton know on Disney. Yep. My mom told me after watching the musical yeah, with my I parents, and I did not believe her, so I had to look it up online. And I'm like, no, there's, there's no way, like, there's no way that this musical is literally like right around us. It was written here, not here, but like about Angelica and Skylar and all that stuff she's like yeah it is go look it up and I did and I was like well that is really cool and I never I never got it even in your class it never clicked mm -hmm. I love that you didn't believe her <laughs> no yeah, I, have to, I was like no there's there's no way how about you Riley um I didn't make the connection in your class I didn't make it until after I watched the musical for myself yeah I think sometimes like seeing is believing oh, I, like I, you I, you hear something but it just doesn't click and so I think that's kind of the neat thing for the people that live here in Allegheny County is you know when you watch Hamilton like it becomes more real I guess a little bit they're like oh yeah it really is that these these characters were here or at least some of them were here. And I think that that becomes kind of a cool thing. Well, I mean, they call Angelica the town where history lives. I mean, Hamilton and this connection is proof of that. And that's what makes me even more happy to live in a town like Angelica. I love that. All right. So that was the little history blurb from places in this area. But Hamilton sp has spread to more than just this area. And one of the big things that Hamilton, the big revolutionary thing that Hamilton has done, has had most of its cast are all people of color, whether it be Black, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Native American. 
they have even for their tours, even for their national tours and their Broadway cast after the OBC, they're they've mostly been people of color. And they really it wasn't on purpose. It's just when casting all of these roles, it just happened to be that they all were on people of color. And then it became having representation of everyone in theater, which you don't see a lot in theater nowadays. So Hamilton kind of changed thoughts on that. And I mean, of course, Hamilton with being a musical about the founding fathers and revolutionaries, they have had some controversy as portraying people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, slave owners with black people, with black actors. But I, Christopher Jackson, who was the original George Washington, had a good point in the final song, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, Eliza, Alexander Hamilton's widow, then talks about how she provided money for the Washington Monument to help fund it. And that's when Christopher Jackson, George Washington, walks forward and starts singing. But then and Eliza goes on to say that she helped fight against slavery, in which then he looks at her and is like, oh, and realizes what he did wrong and realizes that has that second of regret about it a little bit. And that just kind of shut the controversy like up because the Hamilton was about much more than glorifying slave owners as people thought. So, and I mean, having the people of color was revolutionary to Broadway in every single way imaginable. So do you guys think that having a cast of, people of color has significance like what kind of significance does it have to you I definitely think that it it does have a significance because when you look at Broadway and you look at the shows that you have now um, generally speaking uh, it's you don't see a large representation of different cultures um, or, or diversity unless it's specific to that show Right, so like Hairspray, for example, um, always has an African-American part for part of their cast because the story is about, um, you know, the the time, you know, the 60s and 50s and 60s and when that uh, historical time is occurring um, of equality. So to have a, a show that doesn't have a racial focus, then still have a, a majority of people of color in it, I think was phenomenal. And I can say and that the, um, the director, you know, has been quoted as saying that, you know, they took a lot of flack about portraying these very, very famous Amer- white Americans um, and historical figures as, as people of color um, and being diverse. And um, Tommy Cale said, you know, listen, it's a story about America, but it's being told about America now and being told by um, the American, you know, Americans today. And that includes people of color and people of diverse cultures. And so it was, it was very, it was done in a very meaningful and purposeful way. Um, And, and it's, is, is a social studies teacher, um, especially in, in, in the middle school you know, when we look at these videos, students often ask me, like, wait a minute, um, like Alexander Hamilton, he, he, 
like he doesn't look like his picture or wait, like they start to put that connection and we can have that conversation about, you know, diversity then and what was acceptable and diversity today. Um, and that this show is if, if, if diversity had been, um, had been embraced at the time of America's founding, how the founding fathers may have looked differently may have looked differently and how important that is um, to, to today. So I, I really definitely think um, this was purposeful and I really think that it was something that was done um, to, to spark meaningful conversation about diversity in America. And just to kind of add to that, growing up where we grow up in very rural New York, we don't see people of color very often that this really was a huge like inspiration to see for in like our community that these people can be people in power and that in the future that they will be people in power and that not everybody has to look like us to be like accepted in our society which happens quite frequently in our area that I think that it was it's really important for everybody to see people of color on a stage talking about times where of their injustice to educate everybody. Sophia, I think that's a perfect point because when you come from a rural area like we are, that's primarily white, uh, you don't have that exposure like someone who is in an urban setting. So yeah. um, having even this be our exposure to people of color um, can help a lot. So that, I love that you made that point. Were any of you like taken aback by the fact that like say George Washington, who you've been looking at, you know, images of George Washington since you were, you know, probably in kindergarten, right? Um, with President's Day and things like that. Were any of you as students like, wait a minute, what, what's going on? Did, did that cross your mind when you, when you saw it for the first time? <sighs> Um, I was, yeah. for one, for me, I was shocked that it was um, was people of color. I wasn't expecting it at all. I was kind of expecting more of it to be more historically accurate of it being more white people, but I, I was shocked. And I was happy about it. Molly, how about you? What, did, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, at first it was like different because you had to kind of put two and two together with who was George Washington because it's not like how you would think he would look. And um, it was kind of just interesting. And uh, you brought up a point how you said like the founding fathers in Hamilton are going to look a lot different, but our world looks a lot different than like than back then. I mean, it's there's so many differences. So I think that Hamilton, that the characters are kind of not what we expected. It's kind of like our world now because I don't think back then that's what they would have expected for us now. Mm -hmm. All right, so that was like how the people of color revolutionized the world, but Hamilton also had you could argue a greater impact on Broadway, not only with the 
people of color cast, but this musical blended hip hop and musicals together in such an amazing way. There was actually David Diggs, who plays Marquita Lafayette, has the fastest rap in Broadway history. Has the fastest rap, 7.2 words per second. And so it just, it was a big thing to have this new kind of rap musical. It was revolutionary like Wicked was back in the early 2000s with bringing pop more into musicals. But so also within that hip hop edition, it brought in a wide audience. It wasn't just theater lovers that came in to see Hamilton. Vice President Mike Pence saw it earlier and so many different celebrities have seen it. It's crazy. It's been mainstream media, which Broadway has not had in a very long time. In, in July, with Disney Plus putting in the pro shot of Hamilton, it made theater even more accessible for people, where you only had to pay a couple dollars a month so you could watch it, which, let's all realize, half of Disney Plus' revenue is now from theater people who wanted to watch Hamilton. <laughs> but... <laughs> And actually, the musical itself has made a lot of money for Broadway, which Broadway has been struggling financially. The theater isn't what it was before. And even in this global pandemic, you're seeing how much it's struggling. But when it first came on, Hamilton made a lot of money for Broadway to where the years after it was losing money because of how much Hamilton had made for it. But it just... It's completely changed how musical theater has been thought of and how we view Broadway in a whole, and even places like West End in London. It's completely revolutionized musicals. So how did Hamilton change your guys' views on musicals? Well, I wasn't too big on musicals before Hamilton. I'd gone to see Wicked. I'd gone to see Phantom of the Opera. But Hamilton really sent me down the rabbit hole of musical theater, which I'm glad for because uh, it introduced me to some of my favorite shows and other shows that had impacts on me. Hamilton for a long time was my favorite show. Um, Hamilton really opened the door for me for musical theater. It led me to finding musicals like Dear Evan Hansen and Heather's. It, Hamilton was my my gateway into the world. I got to witness kind of firsthand um, the fact that the music um, opened my students up. I'd, I've always loved musicals. I've had season tickets for years at Shays, um, would go with my daughter, um, went to Broadway. Um, but I got, I, I always loved it. And I think my students would kind of be like, uh, you know, really, you're going to play another musical song. And, but when I would started to play Hamilton, um, it totally changed. Um, and again, you know, I know Mariah was in a class um, that I first started to play Hamilton songs in. And even the 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 young men who would never be caught dead in a mu watching a musical or listening to a musical um you know i remember them knowing the words and 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 singing or along with the raps um and, and that was cool as a teacher because now i could teach about the time period and and have buy-in 
because of the song and the rap battles. And Mo, do you do you remember those days coming into the room? And I do remember that. Like those boys were a lot to handle, definitely in middle school. And having that music playing and like always hearing them get into it and like having the different parts of who's singing what and everything. It was really cool to watch. And you definitely know I'm not a big history person and I do not like it. So I always told you, like, I'm not watching this musical. There's no way on earth, like, anybody is going to make me watch this. Like, it's going to be boring. I'm going to hate it. And then it came on Disney, and my mom had it playing. And I'm like, oh, I remember these songs. Like, this is pretty cool. And then, like, watching the dancing and everything, I'm like, okay, this actually isn't bad. And, like, having Miss Scott that year, and we were talking about Hamilton for U.S., I'm like, okay, this is actually, like, making sense now. And if every, like, history lesson was made into a musical I would have like been great at history because <laughs> I love music and musicals and all that stuff and it was really cool putting two and two together which I should have done in eighth grade and that never happened until 11 from a musical so yeah it was nice watching it. So speaking of history and you know if only we could teach history through musicals always I think um, all theater nerds would be like history buffs to the core uh, but the question then becomes like, how historically accurate is it? And so with our last few minutes with us today, we're gonna go through um, some of the historical accuracy um, and Sophia is gonna lead that conversation. So Sophia, I'm gonna let you take it away to finish up today's episode. Yeah, okay. So obviously Hamilton, we see that as more of a historical fiction. It's not completely accurate which happened because he was trying to add elements of entertainment and to make the story move along faster because in a two and a half hour musical, you can't include 50, 60 years of history. And I think that he did a very good job. Lynn did a good job about making sure that a lot of the key points were accurate and that he was able to teach, but he also had to change some things to make Hamilton entertainment and not like you're sitting through a two and a half hour history lecture. So the first thing is the accuracies and how Hamilton is historically accurate. So there are a lot of accuracies, but there's also obviously a lot of inaccuracies. So just for you guys, how do you guys think that Hamilton is accurate and can be like taught and used as a tool? I think Mariah hit on a really great point was that, um, you know, she didn't, she didn't always get it. And, you know, history is not her favorite subject and, and that's okay. You know, even though I was her history teacher, it's okay that it's not, but the fact that um, even with its inaccuracies, it in, at some point engaged her to want to learn about it and want to know more about it. I think that's the key to, to unlocking and, and getting that engagement. And I think um, that, you know, looking at, so what is accurate and what is inaccurate just further um, pushes your knowledge um, and it forces students to research a little bit and, and to not always take things for face value. You know, what you see on TV or what you see on social media or what you see on stage is did that really happen or is that part of the story for entertainment and so as a teacher I'm okay with inaccuracies 
um, if it motivates students to, to look at them. I mean, I know that um, a little fun factoid is in your obedient servant, Alexander Hamilton tells Brew that he sends him 30 years of disagreements. And he, in real life, he actually did. He sent 30 years worth of disagreements to this guy. But like, and it's the little things like that, that, you know, like you want to know, is that true? Is that really like real? And that leads to the further investigation into like seeing what was real and what wasn't. Nathan shared a similar. Hamilton was, Hamilton knew what he was doing. He was, he was a very, he was a very, uh, he was a character, all right. He, <laughs> he knew just how to tick off his opponents enough without going overboard. While trying to pass the National Bank, the Democratic Republicans were convinced he was doing something unconstitutional. That doesn't sound like anything right now. <laughs> so they forced him to write everything that his department had done uh, and send it to them with an insane uh, like due date, a due date yeah. that would have been impossible to complete. And if he didn't complete it, uh, there's no way the National Bank would have passed. Hamilton then proceeded to turn it in two weeks early <laughs> because that is the type of person he is. And I think that's, it's cool things like that, that you learn about Hamilton and his ambition and his need, right? Um, that I think pushes, you know, and hopefully inspires students to think that, you know, I can do more. You know, I don't have to wait to the last second to turn something in. I'm gonna turn this in two weeks early. Um, <laughs> I know, like Mo's like, no, it's not happening. Maybe two hours. Right, but I, I think that, I do think that it's a great teaching tool because there are so many lessons, you know, to be, to, to be learned from it. Um, whether they're about, you know, perseverance or diversity, you know, or actual historical events like the National Bank being so controversial um, and political sides and adversaries really going at it. Um, I, I think there are a, a lot of things to be learned um, and there's a lot of things to be learned from inaccuracy. Yeah, so kind of one of the big inaccuracies that is portrayed is like the Schuyler sisters and just kind of their story, especially Angelica. And a lot of them are just their history and their story is a very inaccurate. Um, so just kind of to wrap it up, one of my, the most heartbreaking inaccuracies to me was the friendship of Mulligan, Lafayette, Lawrence, and Hamilton, that Mulligan, in historically accuracy, he never met Lafayette or John Lawrence. So those, like, amazing friendships that we see in the musical never happened in real life, and I think that that is, like, for me, one of the biggest things that I was like, oh my gosh, like, that never happened, that was added for the entertainment that we never got to see in like real life which is like an inaccuracy for me that was very shocking and kind of almost like maybe a little sad so I think that there's a video that shows them all together but that would have never happened 
in real life, which is um, kind of sad to me at least. Uh, I have to agree with Sophia. Um, I feel like their fr- like the friendship, you watch it and you just become invested in it. You know, you become so invested in their friendship. So um, it is a little sad that they didn't actually really have that yes. uh, friendship. So I want to thank everybody for joining us um, for our first episode uh, from the Art of Theater about Hamilton. And we will be back next Friday, same time, same place. And we'll be talking about the choreography in Hamilton and the bullet. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You have to join us next week to hear what we're talking about. So um, hope everybody has having a wonderful day. um, And we will see you next week. From everyone at Genesee Valley, we want to thank you for joining us in this episode of GV Talks STEAM. And we want to remind you, love challenges, be intrigued by mistakes, enjoy effort, and most importantly, keep on learning.